This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to this episode of War Room Moment. Today we have Bob on the call. Bob, uh, great to have you here. And uh, can uh, you tell our audience just a little bit about you, about your company, and uh, what are your superpowers, my friend? Okay, superpowers. Wow, there you go. That's a good one. I don't know if I have any superpowers. I don't wear a cape or anything else like that. But anyway, um, my name is uh, Bobby Ennis. Obviously, uh, I'm the co one of the co-founders of uh, the vendors. Uh, we're a vending machine manufacturer uh, of both the uh, machines that we build as as a normal uh, rule, and also custom customization of machines. Uh, I also operate as the uh, CF and a VP of business development. As typical with most companies that are entrepreneurial driven, uh, you wear many hats. So uh, superpowers, I don't know if I have any real superpowers. Um, Maybe I'll say one thing, perseverance probably is my superpower. Uh, So uh, yeah, that's about it from a standpoint of superpowers. I would agree with that. Totally. I mean, the things that you've been through in your lifetime, um, as far as being in business for so long, you've seen so many things you've been through so many experiences in your lifetime. And that's amazing. And it separates, it really separates entrepreneur and business owner. They are not the same thing. And I think there's that separation there that happens because you know, that's like I always say, uh, there's a reason why everybody doesn't own a business. Because if everybody did, well, that would be really easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, yes, it would. So, yes, it would. So so perseverance. Yes. Just at the time we've known each other, we've known each other for, what, six months or so. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of of getting to learn from you and vice versa and, and all that business experience that you have, which is great. Um and, and that's kind of why I'm excited about this call, because really, when we look at the next generation coming up, whether we like it or not, we are the old dogs, right? So, so we do have a opportunity to help the up and coming business owner through platforms like these. And, you know, if, if we can just do that with a few people, then we're leaving our footprint, right? So I think that's important for sure. Well, you're absolutely correct, uh, Jason. Uh, you know, as I look back after, you know, at the in fact, when you asked me the question uh, previously uh, before this call, you know, I, it really gives you some, some thought or your introspective as to what really, you know, over the very long career that I've had, going through corporate America and then into the entrepreneurial uh, mode uh, over the last maybe almost 30 years now. Uh, you know, you, you look at that and you say, wow, you know, first of all, it's a long time. And second of all, there's been many, many bumps and, you know, in the road along the way. And uh, 
what I have found or what I what I really think has been the key to just, you know, talking about perseverance. Uh, first of all, I'm just that dogged. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I just I'm like the dog on a bone. You know, you get me on that bone and it's going to be very difficult to get me off of it. Uh, not always successful, uh, because as most entrepreneurs will find, there's there's very few that start a company and are incredibly successful right out of the gate. It just just rarely happens. Um, but what I found is that it's it's all about what your strengths are and then what are the weaknesses that you have and the ability to surround yourself somehow, either with partners or some other trusted advisors that can lead you and help you with the weaknesses that you have, uh, whether it's a product thing or whether it's marketing or this finance or whatever, you have to be able to surround yourself with the right people. And that's what impresses me about Saab is the fact that that gave me something that I didn't have in the first three or four years of, of developing the vendors. Uh, I, I needed that outside influence, advice, if you want to call it. Uh, it's just vitally important as you move through the, especially in the entrepreneurial world. Corporate world is a little bit different uh, in the fact that, you know, corporate world, you're generally, you're, you're not making decisions on your own. I mean, there's, a, there's usually some kind of bureaucracy that you have to work your way through. But entrepreneurs, no, you're sitting out there alone and yeah. you've got to be able to have trusted advisors somewhere along the line. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think all of us do at some point, right? Along the way, we all have people that we lean on and, and we run ideas by and we talk to people and so on and so forth, just to kind of get that little pulse check, right? Here and yeah, there. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. I'll call it a pulse check, call it whatever. And because, you know, you know, there isn't a, I don't think there's, there's not a business on earth that doesn't have a challenge sooner or later. And, you know, whether it's finance or whether it's marketing or product or whatever it's going to be. And boy, it is so easy to make the wrong decision. And it isn't just the fact of losing capital or, you know, you lose money. There's a reason why most entrepreneurial business go out of business in five years or less. And uh, it isn't always because of capital. Uh, yeah, it's a big part of it. There's no question. You run out of money and, and you've got a problem. But uh, uh, it's generally either it's product driven, the product doesn't meet the market, or your marketing is not conducive to drive enough business in to keep it afloat. So, and what the big challenge, I think the thing that has been the toughest for me is that time goes by so fast. Uh, you know, we're already almost three months into the 2022 and you look around, it didn't, didn't New Year's just happen yesterday? So that's how <laughs> fast this, this world moves. Right. And it's only moving faster too. That's the technology is moving faster. Everything is just moving faster. I mean, Jesus, my kids move like lightning. Holy crap. You know, I got a three-year-old and she already knows how to use an iPhone. It's like, good Lord. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> That's scary, right? <laughs> hey, uh, I, I look, you know, I look at it uh, and, and deeper than that anymore. You've got three-year-olds and I've got I've got great grandkids there. Yeah, there. Right. And, and I see them and my wife is buying toys for them and I go, Holy moly. Wait a minute. These things are so technology driven anymore. Little kids, two, three years old, are learning to read virtually and it's it just moving so fast. No doubt. Yeah, right, right. Well, and just kind of to, to segue into uh, the discussion topic, I mean, you're in, you're knee deep in technology with vending and uh, 
you know, so I, I'd love to hear some of, you know, that discussion around vending and, and business and all those things too. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, vending is an interesting, especially in the United States. I mean, it's a worldwide, I mean, vending is used worldwide. It's just not in the United States, but to give you some kind of a history, a real fast history on vending in the U S started out in the late 1800s and uh, by machine being, you know, built uh, to deliver gum, believe it or not. And uh, that lasted for many, many years. Uh, and then eventually it moved into what we call, what I like to call the snack and soda business, uh, where you see the Pepsis and the Cokes and the snacks and all that. And that was not very technology driven. I was literally put in a coin and, uh, you know, out came the product. Uh, and uh, that, that's been around for a long, long, long time. Uh, but really what the big change came about in, the, I, I call it the miniaturization of computers. Once computers got small enough you know, where you didn't have this big monster and, you know, and that's over the last, what, 20 years and probably the last 10 years, that miniaturization has become such that now we can stick uh, computers into a machine and now you've got all kinds of, of opportunities to not only just then product, which is what I like to call the kiosk aspect of the machine, uh, where you're actually vending a product for, for what, whatever the product's going to be. But more importantly to that, be, be able to become interactive with the consumer. So now it becomes almost like a store. I mean, in fact, it is a store. You no longer, you can have a, you can do uh, videos on the machine. Uh, you can talk to the consumer about your product. So as well as manage those machines remotely. And that's because of technology. And that's only in the last, my God, five to 10 years at the most. I would say five years, you know, really, since we got into the business, uh, that really has become the forefront. Uh, so in, for us, we build all of that into those machines. Uh, we give you the opportunity to go in and talk to your consumer about your product, uh, educate them on them, uh, on, on your product. Uh, as well as have the ability to gather information about that consumer for, as we call, back-end marketing. Uh, so it beca it's become far more than just what I like to call a vending machine uh, with a product selling snacks and sodas. So you can take products that maybe don't have the consumer awareness uh, or uh, depth of, of understanding what that product is and put that in the machine. And in, by placing it in locations that have high traffic you can start communicating to an audience at a far lower cost than what you can do by either doing advertising on television or whatever medium that you want to use. To, and I'm not saying that those are bad or good. I mean, you, you obviously you have to look at what your resources are, but uh, the vending machine gives you an opportunity to interact with consumers right at the point of purchase that they normally use. If it's in a grocery store or a convenience store or, or a mall or whatever. Uh, it, it's just a heck of an opportunity to expose your product, build awareness for your brand, and at the same time, sell product. Yeah. And I actually think that it's, you know, versus the traditional uh, brick and mortar type of business, right? All the money you can save by using vending, right? In these Absolutely. different locations, it's huge. Um, yeah, because you you look at the app, you you look at trying to put a store into a mall, and you're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to put that store, and that's just maybe just to build out the structure, 
right. let alone going out there and hiring employees, got the utilities, the taxes, everything else that goes along with that. Uh, we're, we're by for probably less than $10,000, I can put a machine out there that is going to do virtually the same thing. Yes, it can, it can, obviously it's limited the amount of product that you can put in there, but from an awareness standpoint, branding your, your, your company or your brand or whatever, I, there, there's nothing like it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think all that segues to the wrap, right? You have the wrap on the yeah. machine that can then lead to the website for more product, all these different things. And, and I think that the, the vending business itself has a ton of potential, like we've talked about in, uh, you know, CBD space, in, you know, the sample space, in all these different spaces, right, that most people probably aren't considering, right? And, and that's kind of huge. I mean, you're seeing, you see all the trends, what are the, the, the biggest industries you're seeing uh, vending well, being used in? Yeah, there, there are a number of them. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's a reason why Pepsi and Coke do that. I mean, they literally buy the machines for operators to go out there and place the machines. So why are they doing that? Well, you know, I mean, they, you know, they're well-known brands and all that. But they just they just use that and they wrap those machines in their brand, just like you said. You wrap that machine in the Pepsi logo or the Coke logo. It's not about even selling the product out. Yes, they're going to sell the product out there, of course. But they're keeping brand awareness, you know, top of the mind with that consumer, which is which is huge. And here's a company. Those are companies that spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year just keeping their products, you know, in front of the consumer. Uh, so when you're looking at a brand, when you have a product that either doesn't have, you know, brand awareness, uh, you've got a limited opportunity to be able to, or, or somewhat limited. Yes, you can go on the internet, you can do all those things, and and hopefully you can gather enough people that come into your website, which is there's, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of websites there are anymore. Uh, so it's 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 not easy. But if you can place that machine with your brand or your product, especially if you're doing sampling. So some of the products like CBD is perfect for that. Uh, there's a number of products that are out there that that really work very well, it, whether you're sampling the product or just trying to build brand awareness and at the same time sell some product. It's an invaluable, uh, invaluable tool. Uh, one of the things that we're working on right now, which is really kind of uh, out of the mainstream, to say the least, uh, I've got we have a, a customer that is well, two customers. One of them is do, one's a bakery that's doing baked products uh, and uh, she's got tremendous baked products and she's going to use that to, to, to foster her business. Uh, we've got another customer that, believe it or not, is doing tennis balls. Now, that's a crazy tennis balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah at uh, tennis clubs. Uh, so and, you know, when when I first came to me with that and I and we're building a custom machine for them uh, and I said, wow, tennis balls. And there's an oddball one. So I started looking at that, that particular market and find out that in this in the country, and they're not in the United States, but just in this country alone, there were over 6,000 tennis clubs. So sometimes these opportunities are a lot bigger than what you think, uh, putting out a product like, you know, like a building machine to deliver tennis balls. Um, so there's all kinds of products then and so forth and so on. I don't think there's just one. It really depends on what your particular 
you know, marketing uh, platform is, what you're doing presently and a product and uh, whether that product, I, I look at primarily consumer driven products. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, unless you're doing using it as a vehicle and that's another animal or not another animal, but another opportunity uh, trade shows, uh, you know, people mm. could give out little gift, little gift things or to try to keep people aware of their, their company or whatever. And uh, they hand these things out. Well, wouldn't it be better to have some have a machine there that can have someone give put out that little token, if you want to call mm -hmm. it that, and at the same time take their information? So you don't have to have someone manually standing there and so forth and all that good stuff. So uh, there's all mm -hmm. kinds of opportunities with vending when you start taking it out of just saying, "Well, I'm I'm doing a snack or a soda." You know? Right. right. No. Yeah, I think there's huge opportunity in it. The, I mean, we're really in a time right now where, uh, you know, our marketing platforms and advertising, all that's changed in like less than six or eight months. So it's like all that stuff has changed and everybody's pivoting back to the old school way of doing things, right? Yeah. So it's like, email marketing, all these different things. And vending kind of falls into that as a kind of an older school with a new look, right? Um, 100%. On yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, first of all, it's not top of the mind when you're looking, if, if you're a marketing person or you're an entrepreneur that's, that's come out with a product and you want to get it into the marketplace and you look at that landscape and you're going to have People come to you and say, well, you've got to do it. You've got to do it on the Internet. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. So that there's all the traditional ways. And it's not to discount them. So you have to look at this as part of a package. But vending can be an incredibly important part of that, depending on what you're trying to accomplish with that. Because we know uh, just from statistics and stats and everything else that we get, because we know everything that goes on with those machines, uh, that it can be an important part to your overall marketing plan and, you know, product plan. Yeah. Gives you some good data points, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And data yeah. is, data is the, data is the key to anything. I mean, when you really get right down to it and, you know, uh, sampling, I mean, you mentioned sampling. I, I think that's a hugely underutilized, you know, if sampling is done all the time, uh, if you go into a Costco store, you go into a Sam's mm -hmm. Club or whatever, they're doing sampling. Now, why do they do sampling? They do sampling, number one, to sell the product. That's number right. one issue. What they lack, though, is consumer interaction back saying, hey, I like the product. I hated the product or whatever, whatever you're going to, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's primarily done to what they call increased basket size. Uh, but sampling can be an incredibly important a part of a marketing plan. And vending is probably is the least expensive way for doing that. Oh, I would say hands down. Absolutely. I mean, you can go, you could go spend 10, 10 grand on a Google ad today. Just click five bucks, click five bucks, click five bucks. Right. So, well, yeah. So, and, and then the sampling <laughs> end, but even more, you know, because you have to have someone, the sampling market is, some, something that uh, there's only one company out there now that's doing it. It's called Freeosk. It does, does a sampling program. Uh, and, uh, and they do it only in Sam's club and some select Walmart stores. Uh, but it's an incredibly effective way to get your product into a consumer's hands, especially if you've got a product that you've got to educate the consumer on. 
And, uh, you know, by getting a sample into their hands and let them try that sample uh, and get their information where you can back end market them then afterwards is incredibly valuable. Uh, you, you can never, first of all, a machine is going to sit there as, as long as that store is open. Or if you do a sampling, a physical sampling probe, you know, person, that person can only be in that store so many hours. And with the cost yeah. of labor now in the United States, the way it is, I mean, what are you looking at? $25, $30 an hour for someone to stand there? That's a minimum. Yeah. At a no, minimum. Yeah. Where I live here, it's it's like 23 to 25 bucks an hour just to flip burgers for cranberry. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that's a different story. We get get yeah, into the right. economics going that's, on in the United States an, right now. But you're, an, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Who would have thought, yeah. you know, yeah, back, right. you know, back when I, I don't even want to tell you what my first job was, <laughs> how much I was making. <laughs> it wasn't $25. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, well, hey, so to you know, be able to kind of influence the minds of the listener, especially the young upcoming business owner, right? If you were to impart one gold nugget of all of your business experience to a brand new entrepreneur that's coming up in the world, what what would that be? What what would you say to him? Boy, I I I I think that you know you know besides the fact that boy you've got to have a product or a service that's going to resonate. I mean, it's got to have some benefit or value in the marketplace. That's obviously key. But that's that's basic, basic, basic. I think the most important thing, if I were to look back now and say the mistakes that I've made and so forth and so on, the one thing that I think I lack, even though I had some trusted advisors. I mean, I I remember the one of my my key mentors. Uh, way back when, when I was in corporate America, was a gentleman that was, you know, he's passed on now, but he was about 10, 15 years older than I was. And incredibly, he was, he was like an entrepreneur in, inside of a corporate America. And I think that's what you really have to have. To have. You have to have someone that you can lean on, uh, whether or not it's someone like Saab, which I'm highly impressed with, or just a trusted advisor. That's someone that can say, hey, you know, I like that idea, but here, here's some of the pitfalls or whatever. It's that trusted advisor, uh, you know, person or, or people that can, 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 you can bounce things off of. And it isn't always a partner. If I, I've got a partner and we don't always see yeah, on a lot of the things that we're doing, which is good and bad. You know, uh, sometimes we, you know, he's more on the technical end and, and that's great. And then I'm more on the business end, which is fine. Uh, but sometimes we have to come together and we, you know, but, but it's good to have your battles. But here again, that trusted advisor, but someone outside of your own little scope, because what you generally have a tendency to do, call it tunnel vision, call it not seeing the trees for the forest for the trees is a big, big thing. You can get tunnel vision really fast and believe in your product and you may not or your, your, the mode that you're trying to market your product. I mean, it's complex. So you need right. that trusted advisor or advisors. Right. Do you think that kind of couples in with a struggle you've kind of had with your your own business? Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, I look at the last, you know, we're, we've, we've, we've survived the five-year syndrome as, as a company. And uh, one of the things, and, and, and some of the times, you know, I heard it early on. You know, one of the challenges that we had with the first product that we brought out, uh, it 
just didn't fit, as I call that snack and soda business. So we had to look at that, or I had to look at that. And we had some plans for some other uh, opportunities, technology-wise and so forth and so on. But that was tunnel vision. You know, we're just going to keep banging away, banging away at the same thing and and keep getting knocked down until finally we started developing other products uh, that were off the base technology that we developed, uh, which, you know, we could spend a long time just talking about software development, but we won't get into that. <laughs> You know, yeah, but that's that's the other key to it. Uh, I also one other thing that I think is looking back on software development. If your product needs software, you know, for some whatever reason uh, that it might have, I strongly suggest that you look at what's existing in a marketplace before you take on development on your own. I can tell you that has been the number one problem that we've had as far as trying to develop the vendors was developing our own platform, which, you know, great. You have great idea, you know, hey, we've got to have this because we've got to have this. And I can tell you software development is very expensive, but even so much expensive, it's so time consuming to be able to develop. In fact, we're now into going into the second iteration of it, or maybe the third iteration of it, uh, to change the software uh, to what we feel the market is going to be looking like, like over the next five to 10 years. So it's a never-ending battle. That's why you see Microsoft on, what are they on now? Uh, Windows 11. So yeah. there's a reason right. why they're on Windows 11. <laughs> so, right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah it's, that, those are just some of the things. But that, that's, that's number one, you know, having a product that, that resonates within the marketplace uh, and then, you know, being able to execute properly within that, within that scope to be able to be successful. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Bob, that's all like really, really good, like young entrepreneur advice. And if you didn't get something out of that, well, you just weren't listening. So um, that's a lot of years of experience, you know, coming out in such a short amount of time. And there's a lot of value in that. And thank you for sharing that. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity, Jason. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's, it's not easy. I mean, I don't, there's, but you know, what as the old story goes, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. So. Right. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I mean, you know, kind of speaking of that, you've had a lot of interaction with a lot of people in your life. And if you could pick somebody that could have been here today, dead or alive, somebody that was a mentor, whatever the case may be, that would have, could have added a lot of value to this. Who do you think that would have been? Well, you know, that's a good one. I don't, uh, in two different phases of my life, obviously it was corporate America was for a number of years and uh, then moving into an entrepreneurial world. Uh, entrepreneurial world, not as much. I, you know, I, I think, and you're, you're, I don't, I don't have anyone in that respect that I would say would have really, I think the, the corporate from a corporate standpoint, yeah, uh, the, the mentor that I mentioned previously, uh, you know, would have probably been really good in helping me get through the entrepreneurial if if I had reached out to him. And I didn't. I unfortunately did not reach out to him uh, during that. But but there's a different mindset entre from a corporate end of it than it is entrepreneurial. Uh, so for entrepreneurial uh I, I don't have one that I could say that I was really would say, boy, that he would have really helped me along the way. Uh, 
so that's so unfortunately that's been part of the problem. And, uh, you know, that I finally decided to reach out to switch someone like yourself and your company uh, that, uh, hey, I, I need that perspective. Yes, I've had I've had people that I've known and so forth and so on and, you know, along the way, but not from an overall scope aspect that you can bring in different attributes. I think that's the, the big deal. Uh, you know, yeah. marketing is one thing. Finance is another thing. You know, product development is another thing. So there's all kinds of they're little nooks and crannies that you have to work your way through. Um, so uh, I'm glad I found you. Yeah. <laughs> or you found well, me. And, and it's a, it's an interesting response because oftentimes people are very quick to just say this person, that person, whatever the case may be. And I will tell you, your response just speaks volumes of your lifetime experience in business. And because it wasn't just a specific person, it wasn't just a specific thing or anything like that. And I can really appreciate that from the the standpoint of saying, well, you know, for me, it was Steve Jobs or mm. somebody, right? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that that's shallow. I'm just saying, I think that you thought about it from a whole different angle. And I can appreciate that because it's a, that's the businessman and the business experience coming out of you that a lot of people never truly really find, I think. And, you know, those experience directly relate to where you are today and where I think you guys are going as a company. So, yeah, I, I think um, we've all read the, I call it the hype. You know, I've read yeah, the book, yeah, yeah. you know, sure. the, uh, the, you know, business for dummies, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, whatever. And, and you're right. And, and it's kind of a trite thing to say, well, you know, Steve Jobs is my mentor or Bill Gates or whatever, whoever right. it's going to be. Believe me, you know, those are, I don't even know how to explain it. Those are light years from the actual real world. You know, granted, I'm not to say that they're, they're, they're journeys and what, but you, when you start looking at what they did, what was the common theme that they had it was a hell of a lot of perseverance. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Steve Jobs did and Gates did and, and building those companies and which built them to enormous scale. But they, I mean, first of all, you know, they just had perseverance and belief in their, in their product and had product developed over years of, of developing the word, it, where they became what they became. So, right. so there's a lot, a lot going on. On. But, you know, mentorship, I think, and call it advice, I call it trusted advisors, um, I, I think are invaluable in, in, in that journey. And journey. Yeah. And what's what sure. it is, it's a journey. It is a journey. And we all, we all take that journey. It's just who we decide to take it with sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, that that yep. matters for sure. But yeah. Anyway, yep. well, Bob, how, how do people get a hold of you? How do people well, find you? How do people get in touch with you and be able to talk to you about vending? Well, easy. Just, uh, you know, the, our website is www.the-vendors and it's V-E-N-D-E-R-S.com. And you can go on there and take a look at our website and see all the different products that we build and the customization that we do. And there's obviously a contact page on that. And so far you can contact us and, That'll all come to me, so I'll get those. <laughs> uh, or if you want, you can call me anytime direct. And that number, I'm, you know, we're here in California, so it's a 949-637-8828. Uh, 
So you want to reach out to me, just give me a call. More than happy to talk to you about, you know, what your product, you know, has and, and will vending fit into you, what your, your marketing scheme and, and not, I call it a scheme, your marketing plan and, uh, <laughs> and how it fits and, and can vending uh, increase, you know, your awareness or your, your, or your distribution of your product. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, Bob, thanks again for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time today to, uh, to come on the show and you got a lot of value to provide the world with your product. Um, just having a conversation with you, people can just glean so much from that, I think. And, uh, again, thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Jason, for inviting me. Awesome. Well, hey, audience, thank you for uh, listening to this episode of War Room Moment. And as always, remember, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. This is your host, Jason Miller, signing off. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we'll see you on the next episode.